Rob Kenny is the creator behind Dad How Do I, a YouTube channel which he started in April of 2020 to share simple, practical dad advice. From tying your tie, to making biscuits, checking your oil, or even tuning a guitar. A little over a year later, the channel has grown to over 3 million subscribers and has catapulted Rob into his new job as the internet's dad. No pressure. With his story being shared by major media outlets around the world, Rob is using his newfound platform to continue to share his special brand of support, inspiration, affirmation, and of course, to remind us that it is cool to be kind. He is also now an author after the release of his first book, aptly named Dad, How Do I?, which was released just a few weeks back. So, hey kids, let's all sit cross-legged in a circle and welcome to the podcast, Mr. Rob Kenny. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. I, I appreciate it. So I, I also got to say on the internet's dad, when you said about the, no pressure, I, you know, I shy away from that. I, I, don't, I don't call myself the internet's dad, but people have called me that. And so I have to try to... I just want to get out in front of that because I, I think that would be pretty bold of me. Hey, look at me. I'm the internet. <laughs> the, I'm you the did guy. not apply for that job. Is what I did saying. not. <laughs> it happened by default. So. And it's understandable that you'd be like that because it's been just such, such a short whirlwind ride. You are... Okay, so I've been making videos for 13 years on YouTube and I cannot think of another example of a person who went viral you're 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 you don't have viral videos they don't it's just you that went viral and people just i just love the concept of you <laughs> well that's interesting that you put it that way yeah thank thanks for that's very kind of you i hadn't thought of it that way but that's uh yeah that is interesting and it, it was terrifying actually I've, <laughs> I've got my feet underneath me now you know i've shared over and over again i thought I was going to help 30 or 40 people. I was just trying to make a nice tight um, place where you could learn how to do all kinds of dad things. And then I've, I've had the ability to be able to share my heart a little bit too, because I told my daughter early on with this, you know, I, I don't want to just <laughs> run around showing how to fix things because there's so much more to being a dad than that. Let's rewind to that time and kind of further expand. Uh, April 2nd, 2020 is when you uploaded your first video. Uh, it was how to tie a tie. It was a fantastic one, helping people not look like dorks with <laughs> short ties. Uh, tell us what's going on in and around that time and what led up to the first video being uploaded on your YouTube channel. Yeah, so I thought of the channel a few years ago and the, you know, the Dad How Do I name came from me thinking I could picture one of my kids doing an intro saying, Dad, how do I? And then I would kind of run with it. And then, you know, with the pandemic, you know, it was something that got shelved. I kept thinking, oh, I'll do it someday, someday. And then with the pandemic, you know, we were all uh, quarantined. I had some time on my hands and my daughter kind of kept on me. She said, Dad, you just need to do it. You just need to do it. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I, a tie and a tie isn't, you know, a big commitment. I just record on my phone. It's, you know, I didn't spend a whole lot of money on uh, fancy equipment, you know, and just showed how to tie a tie, tried to keep it short, you know, and got in and out. And yeah, the, the way it resonated completely caught me off guard. I, you know, I thought I was just going to show people useful stuff that I learned along the way, you know, um, but people are crying watching me tie a tie, uh, <laughs> crying watching me shave uh, for that dad moment, you know, and then, yeah, it, it's interesting because even today I joke about it, but, you know, I call my you know, my subscribers, my kids, and, you know, an 80-year-old kid <laughs> said today, thanks so much, because I showed her how to change her toilet seat. She said, from your 80-year-old kid. 
how much time elapsed between when you uploaded that video and you were like, whoa, this is more than the 40 subscribers that <laughs> I originally anticipated were going to be watching? Yeah, so probably just a couple of weeks, actually. I was on local TV um, within three weeks because uh, what happened was my daughter, she um, shared it in a couple kindness groups, you know, because really we were trying to, um, you know, have a safe place where you could learn how to do some stuff and, you know, no judgment. You just come in, you learn how to do stuff and you can get in, get out so you can get on with your life too. I, you know, I, I go to YouTube myself for for help and a lot of times there's bells and whistles going off and you got a 20 minute video to get the 30 second nugget that you needed uh and so that was the goal and yeah just right away people were writing back saying how it was touching them on a on a different level and yeah so when i got to 100 subscribers i was like wow i i can't believe there's that 100 subscribers you know we'd be out walking our dog and i got two more <laughs> subscribers what what is going on here you know and then, so then, yeah, then it gets to 10,000. I'm like, 10,000 subscribers, that is amazing when you think about 10,000 people, you know? And then I started comparing it to football stadiums when it got up past, you know, oh man, that's like the Seahawks stadium now, you know? Uh, so it's pretty, pretty amazing. It still blows my mind. And what were you doing before you started YouTube? And, and is this your full-time gig now? No, <laughs> I'm still working. So I, uh, I'm in sales and I've built that business over almost 30 years and I have customers that I've had for over 20 years. Um, and so it's, it's a struggle to try to, you know, um, I didn't plan on <laughs> switching careers. I didn't plan on becoming famous. I didn't, you know, none of it was planned. And so it was like, it caught us off guard. And so I still even, you know, it's a year later, I've written a book. I feel like I probably can trust it, but I still, you know, I feel like if I leave my job, it's not a typical job where I've built up these customers, you know, and if I leave, I'm going to have to give those customers away. And then, oh, two months later, oh, hey, can I come back? Oh, yeah, but you don't have your customers anymore. <laughs> you know, we gave them to other salespeople. So that's why it's been a struggle to completely let go. What do your coworkers think about dad? How do I and, and do they come up to you now and go, hey, dad? <laughs> yeah, I hear it all now. So I'm sure. Uh, you know, I I try I've tried not to change to the best of my ability, you know. It's it's a little difficult cuz you have to walk a, you know, a line where like you said I'm on national TV talking to famous people and I have to act like I belong, you know. I don't want to be a nervous wreck sitting there, "Oh, what am I doing here talking to Al Roker?" you know. Uh I have to act like I belong. And so walking that fine line of still being a normal guy. And I want to be relatable. I want to hang out with everybody and I don't want it to be about me. I want to, you know, I still want to have my normal friendships with my own kids and with my own family and my extended family. You know, I want, I don't want to, I want to be treated the same. Was it a local news story that ended up capturing the attention of some of the larger media outlets and it kind of spun off from there? Well, so there was a few things. So um, that happened. And then I got an interview for a magazine called Shattered, Shattered Magazine. Um, and somehow they got wind of it. I don't know how. Um, maybe they were in one of the kindness groups that my daughter had shared it in. And so then they interviewed me. And my backstory is a big part of it. You know, my dad, uh, my dad left when I was 14. So I think that was resonating with people because I was sharing stuff that I could use, could have used when I was a kid. And then the pandemic, people being lonely, you know, uh, and isolated, I think it also caused, it was kind of the, I hate to use this term perfect storm because it almost sounds like it was planned or something. It <laughs> wasn't, you know, it just happened. And 
yeah, still, still amazing. <laughs> How does one prepare for uh, major media uh, appearances like that? You go from, you know, getting to the point where you're just putting some videos on YouTube. Uh, to now needing to figure out how to present and hold yourself in front of a national audience. Yeah, that's a very good question. I um, and I'm a bit of an introvert myself. I and I shared this in my book. I you know I've avoided speeches uh, at all costs. Even though I've been in sales, I you know you get me in front in front of two or three people. Excuse me, <clears throat> in front of two or three people, and I'm fine. You start getting me in front of. 20, 30 people, it's like, uh, I'll take a pass on that. You know, somebody else can do that. That's for somebody else. And so it, um, I didn't, I was on a Chicago uh, TV station and um, that was out of my comfort zone for sure. I didn't sleep the night before. I was a wreck. And <laughs> since then, I've done so many of them. And a lot of the questions are the same too. Um, but yeah, I've kind of got my feet under me now where I feel like I can, I can hang, <laughs> you know, not perfect, but I, you know, I'm also not pretending to be perfect either. Yeah, it's good to have kind of those set of pat answers for questions that commonly come up when in these types of interviews. Yeah, especially when it's live, you know, I, I was just on, on the Today Show and um, it was live and talking to Al Roker and, you know, Craig Melvin, and they asked me to polish some shoes. And I was like, I, I feel like I, I don't want to be pigeonholed into being all like I'm the greatest shoe shiner or I'm the greatest tie tire. You know, there's so much more to my channel because the heart of my channel is, you know, trying to empower people, trying to encourage people, trying to walk alongside you and help you so that you can empower, you know, do this and then you can teach others. You know, it isn't about me. I, I felt like it started to turn towards me. And so I pivoted and, you know, took it back to what the thing was really all about. And then so I got off at the end because it was live, you know, on national TV. And I'm like, uh, what did I just do? You know, I hope that was OK. And so I felt I was feeling really scared <laughs> right afterwards just because i thought i hope that was okay and you know craig melvin i actually met him last year too um and he actually dm'd me and said because i asked him i dm'd him and said hey was that okay i said i hope it wasn't awkward what i did and he wrote me back hey hey buddy uh craig melvin's calling me buddy and now you know that's what my <laughs> life is uh, hey buddy that it was fine he said just keep doing what you're doing you did great so i think it's interesting that you recognize that you know, when they ask you to shine the shoes, that you're not the expert at shining shoes. And and at the same time, when you say that it's not about you, I think you kind of underestimate that. I think that it is. And because you represent what a lot of people want to see in the world. And so they're not necessarily turning, tuning to you, I think, to watch to learn how to do these individual things. It's more about watching you present doing these things. I'll take that, I guess. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out, still trying to get my head around it. I, you know, I, I, I think there is something to do that, but I do, you know, I want to keep the spotlight off of me. I'm trying to, I want to, you know, help people that, you know, their dad left or their, you know, their dad you know, died early, or they just never had a dad, never met him that, you know, I want to be able to, obviously, it's through a screen. So to the best of my ability, you know, I want to do whatever I can to help, you know, keep people uh, going along, because I've had people share that they were ready to, you know, do something drastic. And they found me and they're thankful for for me just 
showing love. Do you like it when people call you uh, kind of a modern Mr. Rogers? I shy away from that. <laughs> so I'll tell you, <laughs> this is what pops up in my mind. So uh, my wife and I were at Costco and we were walking along and um, then this lady comes behind, you know, Costco can get crowded. Lady comes up behind me and just rams me with her cart in my, <laughs> in my Achilles, you know, and I'm like, I turned around like with a death stare and I'm like, oh, that's right. I, you know, I got to remember <laughs> who people think I am, you know, it's like, uh, I think Mr. Rogers probably would have said, hey, lady, you know, you know? <laughs> or I'm like ready to, hey, get off your phone. You just ram my Achilles. So, yeah, so the Mr. Yeah, all that to say, you know, Mr. Rogers is on a whole nother level, in my opinion. You know, um, he's he always seemed calm. I, I'm a pretty regular guy where I can lose my <laughs> lose my temper, too. And, you know, so I, I got to be careful. But now you're curtailing that a little bit in public. I, so the channel, in some ways, is kind of shaping your own life, too. I guess so. You know, I, I just got to be aware because I don't, you know, I, last thing I need is somebody taking a video of, Dad, do I there goes the channel, Dad, <laughs> chewing somebody out at Costco. <laughs> he brought me down single-handedly. <laughs> How do you decide what is a good video? I know you have obviously a, a large amount of subjects to choose from. Um, what makes a Dad How Do I video? Yeah, you know, I think I got probably four years worth of content in my head that I feel like would be useful information for people. Um, I also I do struggle with some of the simple tasks. Um, I actually people have asked me to show how to tie shoes. And it's like I, I, I don't I don't want to ignore that request. And it is a valuable skill. Um, if you know, you know, if you didn't learn how to do it properly, you should know how to do it. But I also wonder, is that something I put up there? And <laughs> You know, when people go, oh, who doesn't know how to tie their shoes? Because I, you know, I did uh, how to use a can opener. And I was actually, it was actually a little bit, it was tongue in cheek. If you heard about the bean dad, did you hear about the bean dad? The guy that, um, I don't know who he was, but it went uh, viral where this guy, he made his daughter struggle with a can opener to open a can of beans. Um, and so he went viral for being so mean to his daughter. His daughter just wanted some beans. And it was like six hours worth of back and forth. You got to figure it out on your own. He wasn't going to show her. He was trying to teach her. And so I kind of tongue in cheek showed how to use a can opener. And I had my can of beans and it was very obvious. It was beans, you know, um, but people didn't understand. They were like, who doesn't know how to use a can opener? You know, like, well, maybe some people don't <laughs> apparently. Um, so I'm just going to show you how to use a can opener, but also kind of make light of the situation too. So me and my wife uh, have a cleaning channel called Clean My Space, and we've been on the platform for about 11 years making cleaning videos. Oh, cool. And um, well, uh, when we were on a book tour in 2017, we went and did this big national radio show with a very popular Canadian radio host uh, who brought uh, Melissa on to talk about the book and cleaning and all of the rest, and then ended up kind of proceeding to badger her about... Uh, asking why people don't know how to clean their toilet. Who possibly couldn't know how to clean their toilet or clean an air vent or clean their iPhone? It's something that everybody should know. We've been used to this for 10 years. I'm really interested in hearing your perspective of now, especially being asked by radio shows and talk <laughs> shows and all of the rest. Why do people find it so fascinating that some people don't understand yeah. some core things that need to be taught in this world and why is it so 
um, separated and segregated. Like, why is that? Why are you dumb because you don't know how to tie a tie? Yeah. Yeah. No, I hate that. I, I, I honestly, I, and I think that's part of the reason my channel, you know, I'm trying to make it to where it don't feel dumb. You know, everybody had to learn. I've been on construction sites when I was younger on a job site and guys act like, you know, how I'm supposed to know how to use a grout pump. I wasn't born on a construction site. Don't make me feel stupid. I, I can get it, but you're going to have to kind of show me. <laughs> I don't know what this thing even is, you know. So, um, yeah, I think it's unfair. It's sad. You know, I, I, I like to use this the, the statement about the people born on third base and think they hit a triple. I think there's a lot of people that don't know how good they had it. You know, they've had probably great parenting or, you know, the money behind it or what have you. Uh, you know, it, it's sad that people make people feel stupid for not knowing how to do stuff when how would they know how to do it? And especially I actually had a gal um, write me through Instagram and say, you know, I was that person. I I. There was a kid um, that went for a job interview that didn't know how to tie a tie and I happened to show up for the same job interview and she kind of berated him for not knowing how to tie a tie. How could you not know how to tie a tie? And she was kind of repenting to me saying, I feel horrible to this day about how I treated him because I, you know, I, she just didn't couldn't get it around her head that maybe other people weren't as fortunate and had the guidance growing up or, or whoever or felt safe to be able to ask things. Or sometimes you just forget. In my mid-40s, I find myself searching for things that I thought I would never have to search for anyways. Yeah. And I've become more comfortable as I've matured with being able to be like, yeah, I, I, I don't remember how to do that. Even if I did know how to do something, I actually don't remember the proper way to do it. Or I could learn a different way to do something and everybody right. benefits. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that your videos are a testament to just treating people with kindness and respect for asking those questions. Is, is there any uh, topic you'd like to cover that you think is just, it would be just too complicated or too, too deep? Well, there's some things, so I, you know, I gotta be sensitive to uh, my audience too, because people, I do have young people coming to me and I always, you know, click that, you're familiar with YouTube, so I always click that, not for kids, you know, this isn't for kids, mm -hmm. but it, in a sense it is for kids. I'm not swearing, you know, I'm not doing stuff that uh, would embarrass anybody. And people have even asked about my book, are you, you know, is there stuff covered in there for that my nine-year-old wouldn't, you know, there's, you know, I, I, stuff might go over their head, but there's not going to be anything that's racy or anything like that. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to to know what to cover with that. I, I did one on integrity, if, you, if you're familiar with that or whatever, where, and I talked about men running after shiny things. And you can use that for, you know, whatever you want in your own head. Men tend to be visually stimulated and we run after shiny things. So it can, you know, it could be golf too. And I use the analogy of golf, but it can also be other things too. And, and I've had people say, you know, dad, just come out and tell us, say it what it is. And I said, you know, I got, I just want to be sensitive to, you know, to my younger audience. So I'm not gonna, you know, call out porn, you know, I'm one click away from going down a rabbit hole that you don't, you know, don't want to go down. And, and that actually honestly, um, scares me a little bit about the next generation that, you know, when we were younger, I'm, I'm older than you guys, but you know, you'd had to, you had to work a little harder <laughs> to go see, you know, so to speak, work a little harder to go see some stuff that maybe you shouldn't see or your parents were protecting you from. Now, you know, it doesn't, 
doesn't take much <laughs> and you're down we uh, had to work to get porn damn it <laughs> <laughs> go to the variety store and try to reach the magazines on the top rack <laughs> yeah so i'm just saying you know the next gen generation i you know and there's a lot of fatherlessness you know a lot of who's protecting the kids from seeing stuff that they can't handle mentally at a young age is there a fundamental difference between dad advice or dad advice and mom advice? Yeah, I would think so. Cause I just think we see the world from a different um, vantage point. You know, um, I think, you know, in our society, things are kind of getting blurred now with that, but you know, I, I've, I can only speak for a man cause I've only ever been a man, you know? Um, but yeah, and unfortunately, people are put in a situation where they have to do both roles. And so, you know, they do the best they can. So it's no, you know, I'm not sitting here judging anybody. I'm just saying I think there's a certain thing that a man brings to the to the table and a certain thing that a woman brings to the table. And I think um, both are, are very important. You mentioned you have four years worth of ideas in your head. Do you have a formal way of organizing those ideas now? No, they're just bouncing around in my head. <laughs> and then the one that pops up. And so it's, it's leading into a series of questions of how do you prepare for a video? Yeah, I try to do my research. You know, I try to cover as much things and I kind of, you know, I allow myself to think about it. But right now, especially with the book coming out and with Father's Day coming, you know, there's a lot of demand for my time right now. I think once I get past that, I think I'll be because I was writing the book and working full time. And, you know, and then I do get sponsorships reaching out to me, too. So trying to fit all that in and trying to figure it out, I, I, I do feel like I'll be able to breathe after Father's Day. Um, and then I would like to get three or four videos ahead, <laughs> you know, if you can relate to that, you know, instead of, oh, no, I got to get a video by tomorrow, you know, um, which is the situation I'm in currently. Uh, so, yeah, I, and I think I'll be able to plan better. I You know, I want to do a whole series on fishing um, and that'll take several and i also want to break that up so because you know fish there's a lot to fishing tying the hook and how to set the you know the the leader lines tie the swivel on you know how to cast how your rod works there's so many things i thought i'd break those up into a series uh of videos too from a production standpoint are you looking to change anything as far as how the videos are produced and made or do you think that that is kind of the secret sauce um, that you're not a traditional cliche YouTuber in that sense. You're not asking for likes and subscribes and, <laughs> you know, hey guys, <laughs> welcome back to my channel. So you do a lot of that and uh, clearly that's a very endearing aspect, but uh, do you see like you also need to change anything to grow the channel or to evolve or, or, or do you think it is always that... Um, kind of like hands-on simple approach that works yeah i'm open to it i'm still trying to figure that out um i i like the charm of keeping it fairly simple you know i, I do my videos on my phone and i have an app on my phone that i edit the videos with too uh one thing that i've had people not complain but and i understand it when i'm outside you know i I don't even know if people know who I am yet in my neighborhood. If they know that I went viral, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, they might know yesterday because the news, <laughs> CNBC was, was in my here. yard, you know, uh, and there was cameras everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Something's so, going on over at the Kenny house. <laughs> <What> is, breaking news. <laughs> what did he do? 
so yeah so uh, when i when i'm outside doing things i try to talk softly like when i did how to plant grass i try to talk softly because i'm not trying i don't want to draw attention to myself i'm out here talking to myself you know what's he doing over there uh but so i am going to invest in a lavalier a wireless lav mic so that you can hear me still and actually that's actually coming today um that lav mic um i already ordered it so because i think i i need to i need to be able to still talk softly but you need to be able to hear me do you do a lot of prep about what you're going to say or do you find it works best when you just turn the camera on and speak from the heart Kind of both. I, you know, I, for my intro, I try to, um, so I actually, I have my, uh, my phone on a tripod and then I tape a script right underneath with some of the bullet points, um, that I, that I want to cover. I share that in my book too. I think you got to be careful when like given speeches, again, I go back to giving speeches. I, um, didn't want to do it, but as I kind of got my formula together, I think it's important to have just bullet points. I don't write big, long, you know, so I'm reading it. I just, uh, okay, I got to make sure to say something about that. And so I have a lot of ums in my, you know, um, as I'm, but, but it's, you know, it's who I am. So if the ums bother you, oh, well, <laughs> it's not, it's not too scripted. But then when I actually get into the video, I have some bullet points too. And I'm, I'm just kind of thinking those and I just want to make, part of it is I want to make sure I cover it because I don't want to go, Oh, I just did that. And now, oh, I left that out, you know, and my brother that I went to live with when my family fell apart, he's really handy. He, he's actually good with things. Uh, and he's always quick to, if I miss something, he'll, he'll chime in. He, he's known as uncle Rick. Uh, I've had him on my videos, but anyway, like when I did the lawnmower video, I see the comment from Uncle Rick saying, remember to check your yard for toys before, you know, because you don't want to, like, ah, I should have said that. Ah, he's right. <laughs> yeah, I should have said it. <laughs> Got to make a part two. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a minute about your book. How did that come about? Did Were you approached to write a book or was this something after, say, it, was, it looks like around June of last year is when your channel really skyrocketed i mean you were getting just just millions of new subscribers you know a month basically <laughs> it was crazy yeah. and how long did it take you to write the book and can you tell us a little bit about that process yeah so i uh i was approached by a few different people like the first week i got approached by somebody and um i was like i is this really am i gonna write a book i you know i didn't see that in my future uh and then there was more serious offers that came shortly after that I, right away too i had somebody offer um to buy the name uh they were going to give me 100k just for dad how do i i'm like i don't think i'm gonna do that um plus it's worth more than that well exactly and it's me too you know this is kind of tied to me i don't know how it worked just giving you the name um but yeah, so then I, I got a couple offers, very nice offers from two different publishers. They're really similar, but I chose William Morrow because there's a gentleman there named Morrow, M-A-U-R-O, at William Morrow. Um, and I really hit it off with him. I really liked um, how he said, because I said, you know, I am a Christian, so will I be able to share a little bit about my faith, you know, um, or are you wanting it to be a strictly a how-to? What do you see this as? And he painted a really good picture of, of what um, I would be able to do. And he's been, I, no regrets. He's been wonderful to work with and honored his word. Um, yeah, so 
you know, it's pretty amazing that I got to write, <laughs> got to write a book. You know, I mean, I think lots of people, oh, I should write a book someday. I'd love to write a book, and and I actually got to. I'm still kind of giddy about it because it's, you know, you get to share some wisdom with some people, and it's down in, you know, it's written down for all to see for for future years. Do you feel complete as far as like? Do you think it had a good mix of tangible practical advice plus enough of your backstory to like fulfill you for being able to share every aspect of your backstory yes i I feel really good about it i think the tricky part is getting that message out how do you get the message out so people understand that they don't they're not going to just get a whole bunch of how to's you know that's not what the book so like even on amazon it's showing up under you know number two new release in diy yeah, well, I think it's almost a graduation gift. Honestly, I, I I think it could be a very good graduation gift because it um, the first part is my you know kind of a memoir, and I share uh, you know the quality traits that I learned from my siblings because we had to rely on each other, and I think they're very good quality traits that I would want people to you know maybe adapt in their own life too, you know, um, and so that or is adapt the right word. <laughs> Anyway, you know what I mean. Make it part of their own life, so that they're because, um, like, I, I talked with, about my sister and the importance of family, keeping us together. I that was was far from my mind. I, it didn't mean anything to me at the time. I was just trying to cope as a fourteen year old. You know, I just need a place to live. You know, um, and Mary was important. It was important to her to keep us together. My brother Tim, who has since passed. His is about having a backbone and standing up for yourself because I think that's important. It's important to to stand up for yourself if you're you know you live in somebody else's life. Hey, it's your life. You need to at some point understand that it's your life. And then my brother Rick, who I went to live with, I talk about work ethic uh, and the importance of you know doing a good job. And then my sister Lori, I talk about being an encourager. Um, obviously, encouraging good behavior, not bad bad behavior, but being an encourager. Um, and then my brother, Joe, I talk about, you know, you can get, you have some, a couple of decisions to make and you can sit there analysis paralysis and never make a decision. Well, you got to, sometime you got to get the information and move, you know, you got to jump in. And then my brother, Don, I talk about, um, generosity and living your life with an open hand. Um, and then I also weave in there at the beginning, I talk about, uh, forgiving my dad and the struggle of what that's like. Cause I think forgiveness, you know, as I've gotten my head around it, I understand forgiveness is for me, <laughs> forgiving my dad and letting him go, uh, was huge in my life, being able to move on instead of holding that against him. Cause you know, it's not benefiting anybody. And it was like, it's that whole saying of drinking poison and hoping somehow it hurts the other person that's what I was doing and so when I set him free that was uh, that was big so that's the first part of the book and so I, where do you put that is that a DIY <laughs> you know uh, not really and then you have 50 DIYs at the end and then I actually give you eight um, bonus DIYs because um, I wanted to cover in case people thought oh that was a dumb DIY, you know, 50, dad. Okay, well, I gave you eight bonus ones to cover the <laughs> ones that, you know, maybe weren't so <laughs> special to you. And then I have dad jokes mixed in too. I was going to ask if you included dad jokes, but uh, it goes without saying yeah. that you included dad jokes. But the yeah. whole process easier or more difficult than you thought it was going to be? I, I would say it was difficult um, just because, I mean, I had a great ghostwriter, great, phenomenal guy. Um, 
his name's Marcus Brotherton. He did a, a wonderful job of putting it all together. So there's a few things that I had to learn. Um, one was it was my book. And so we would spend some time together, you know, and then he'd say, how do you feel about this chapter? He'd send it to me. And him being the professional, you know, author, very good with words, I just kind of trusted him. And then I got a few chapters in and I'm like, and I showed it to my brother, Rick, who kind of helped me with it too. And he said, Rob, I, you know, I was like, you know what, this is my book and it's not his fault. It's my fault that I'm let, I, cause there's times where we'd have an interview and we talk about things. And then it's like, oh, I really wish he would have included that. And oh, why did he include that? I would have rather had this. And it's like my book, <laughs> I can tell him, I can push back. And he was gracious about it. He didn't, he wasn't offended. He was just doing the best job he did. And so understanding that process was, was difficult and trying to understand as we moved along too, um, you know, this, I, I, I got to stop and <laughs> make sure this is what I want out in the world representing me, right? That's kind of a little scary. And thankfully I had, uh, you know, uh, kind of a slap in the face from my brother, Rick saying, Rob, you got to slow this down and make sure it's, you know, you're good with it. Cause you're going to have to live with it once it's out there. And I don't want to alienate my family. You know, I mean, I want, I'm trying to, keep my family and point out the quality traits. I don't want to get into the weeds on some of the stuff. And I felt like we did early on, but yeah, that's all gone now. I feel really good about it. I think if people actually, you know, read it, I think they'll, they'll come away thinking very highly of my siblings and my parents, you know? Um, yeah. So I think, I, I think I take out the good qualities and leave the, the not so good qualities that we all have. <laughs> It sounds like you've cast a very broad net with your book. You hope to reach a lot of different audiences, but who needs to read your book? Who do you really, really want to read that book? Uh, people that need some help, kind of like myself and help and encouragement that maybe didn't have such a great home life. You know, um, I think, you know, I've had other people that have actually had good home lives read it and say they really were touched by it too. And then I think it's a fairly easy read to get through too. And like I mentioned, I think, uh, I see it more of a, as a, I mean, there are people talking about a father father's day present i could see that but honestly in my mind i could see it more of as a graduation present because i i think it's uh hey you can get through this and it kind of gives you some encouragement and you see my struggles and the fact that i was you know i was short and chubby when i was in ninth grade and i was bullied i'm now six three and you know over 200 pounds i won't give you specifics but <laughs> but uh you know so at at the time i was you know just trying to give hope to people to to be able to you know you can get through this i think also um you know i do share how to run a washer and dryer and what you need when you're getting an apartment how to set up a budget how to you know kind of manage your finances so a lot of that little stuff and then i do have some nuggets some more advanced nuggets like how to invest you know um and how to save because you know uh in america what four out of five people are living paycheck to paycheck shouldn't be like that in America in America there's too much prosperity people should be putting some money aside and then I so I talk about that and then I also talk about you know how to invest when I was younger I learned you know I used to have to go to the library and check out Morningstar and they had a big binder and I'd sit in the library and kind of thumb through that they make it so easy now with all the different brokers with Vanguard and Fidelity and you know you can go anywhere and you just got a cl few clicks so you can search and see what the track record is. And, you know, so it, it, 
it's I try to take the mystery out of being able to invest in mutual funds. What uh, would make a great Father's Day gift? For me or for somebody, somebody I think else? in general, somebody who's looking to give their dad a gift, it, to me, it's always kind of a struggle because it, Mother's Day gifts are easier, I think. I think dads, it's a, we all tend to want to fall into this trap of just giving them the really practical gift, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I guess that's tough. I, obviously, you know, it's hard to paint a broad brush um, because it depends on what stage you're at in your life for the father um you know i i hate gift cards are so <laughs> they don't seem like they're uh very thoughtful but i've always enjoyed a gift card because then i can buy whatever i want to uh you know a hardware store i love uh you know walking around a hardware store and seeing what else i don't need and buying it <laughs> um but it, but recently so my son uh because my birthday just happened too and so my kids struggle with you know what what should i get for you and um he was he's very generous and wanted to send me some money and i said you know i just and he said well i was going to buy you this book there's a christian author uh rc sproul that has meant a lot in my life i read a lot of his books and he passed recently and there's a biography about him and so he was asking me is that something you i said i'd love that that would be great and don't bother sending me any money i love the thought you put into the gift that's that's what means the most to me a little effort i think is means more to me especially at this stage i you know i don't need i don't need money i don't need i don't know i'd rather have him save his money and just put some thought into it. If you put some thought into that means, means more to me than anything. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> you just want something, I don't really need gifts at this point, you know, yeah. just, just appreciation. Mm -hmm. What did Father's Day last year look like for you? Because <laughs> I believe you set up a mailbox, did you not? I did, yeah. Yeah, I got a whole bunch of cards and gifts and uh, yeah, that was pretty, um, you know, so the flip side of my channel, um, being heartwarming is it's heart wrenching that so many people need it too. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely received some cards that were pretty, you know, breaks my heart to hear some people's backstory and what they've been through and that sort of thing. So I did get, I did get that. And I was still trying to get my feet underneath me too. My wife and I both trying to figure out, you know, what are we doing? What does this look like? And so we actually just went, we met my daughter and her husband, my son's on the East coast. So we met my daughter and her husband out at the ocean and just walked around the ocean. <laughs> you know, I, I love the ocean because it reminds me that I'm pretty small, you know, in the overall scheme of things, the ocean's massive. And so that's what my Father's Day was last year. And it was nice to just clear your head, you know, get the sea breeze. And we walked our dogs all along the beach. That's that was our Father's Day last year. What are the plans as far as scaling your brand for a lack of a better word right now how do you continue to grow to be able to share your message with more people but not alienate the people who are already along for the ride who don't want you to turn into the band that they used to love and now they're the band that everybody loves <laughs> and now it's it's not the same because they don't write the same music. Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I, that, and that's a you know, question for the ages, I think, because I, I want to stay you know, true to myself. And at the end of the day, I got to live with myself. And so then part of who I am is my faith is very important to me. 
Um, and people, you know, early on, I had people saying, don't say, you know, I'm an atheist. Don't say God bless you at the end of your videos. And it's like, you know what, if that's, if that offends you, um, I'm sorry, I, I, I got to be true to myself. And I'm sure you've heard worse. You know, you've had people say worse things to you than God bless you. I can't imagine that being that offensive. Um, yeah, so trying to stay, you know, I, I, I'm also trying to stay true to myself and to my family and be who I am and not get, you know, think too highly of myself all of the above is a little bit difficult um i just think i want to keep putting out good content and when i run out of good content don't pretend that i have more content than i actually do uh so i think that that yeah i'll have to cross that road when i get there but i do you know there's opportunities a possible tv show um and you know my daughter and i've also talked about doing some stuff um like driving across you know doing some book signing maybe just getting in a you know, renting a, a camper and going doing some book signings. So we'll see what happens. I, you know, I don't know. I want to, I, I, so I do get a lot of offers for sponsorships, turn away probably 90% of them. Um, but the ones that fit, uh, I think make sense. Like American Standard has reached out to me to change a toilet. Why wouldn't I do that? It makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm actually flying to LA uh to do a burger um it's actually i don't know if it's going to be a fundraiser but we're going to do something for the boys and girls club and we're going to make burgers and play cornhole and have a big barbecue and that would be fun that's uh yeah you know in two weeks i'm going to be flying down to la to do that are you learning to be a youtuber throughout any of this are you do you pay attention to your analytics and numbers and you kind of kind of trying to do that thing no, <laughs> I hate to say that, but I get, you know, I get, uh, hey, check out this new YouTube thing, you know, from YouTube on my channel, you know, uh, I'm sure you guys can relate. And it's like, I don't even click on it. I just don't, I, I honestly don't have the bandwidth right now. I just, I, I got so many things I'm trying to do. I can't get down that rabbit hole too. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm probably shooting myself in the foot on some of it where I probably could be doing things differently to, you know, increase viewership or whatever. I, I just, I'm spinning so many plates still working um, that I just don't have. Got to put a link to your book in every description <laughs> and on the banner of your homepage. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, do you have your million sub plaque? I do. Did you get yes? Where do you where do you keep your million sub plaque? It's just right on the wall here. You want me to grab it? Or? Sure, go ahead. Let, let's see what your million sub plaque looks like. Look at that. They yeah. probably sent you that and the hundred thousand at the same time, huh? I actually got this before I got the hundred thousand. <laughs> I was just watching a video. Joel Haver, his exact same thing happened to him. That that is a very very small group of people in this world who received their million sub plaque before their 100k plaque uh that's that's pretty awesome are there any kids in the neighborhood or anybody in your family who like that basically equates to having a platinum album on your wall <laughs> yeah my uh my nephew over in new york he was pretty tickled when everything happened he you know that's my uncle uh, and my wife is bless you my wife is uh filipino and so his so and she's one of eight um, and just like I am. And so we have, have a huge family, but anyway, so he's a 12, you know, he was a 12 year old 
Filipino in New York making comments on my video. That's my uncle. That's my uncle. And then people are, yeah, that's not your uncle. He's older and you're Filipino. Clearly he's not your uncle. <laughs> I had to even chime in and say, I am actually his uncle. So <laughs> even though we look nothing alike, and, but here's why. One of the most fulfilling things about operating a how-to channel is not only do you get to do all the fun stuff that YouTubers do, but you actually get to help people with the content that they consume. And a lot of people are great about sharing that, sending emails or leaving comments. I know what it's like in the cleaning space because a lot of people have lives which are upside down. They come and they see our channel and then they feel good and then they send an email saying, hey, thanks, you got me out of a tough spot or whatnot. Yeah. I can only imagine that's magnetized, like, uh, magnified on, on a level that I can't even relate to with you. How much time do you spend reading comments? And do you actually also need to sometimes take time away from that because it's just really emotionally draining absolutely well you nailed it yeah you you know what i'm going through <laughs> i tried uh i try to stay in contact with the, my um subscribers or my kids because i don't want to you know get away from that but at the same time it can be draining mentally and time consuming and so I have tried to figure out a good balance of that. And I still, I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't been great um, trying to figure out, should I just set aside a window and I'm just going to do it for the first hour? Is that, you know, I don't know what you, what would you guys recommend? Honestly, I'm still trying to figure out <laughs> that way to, to do I think that. a lot of people do that. First hour kind of rewards people for getting in there early and they get, you can respond to some comments. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually a feel-good thing for me, so I leave the app on my phone, and then just whenever I'm in need for a pick-me-up, I usually scroll through comments, because either I'll laugh, because there's some good funny stuff in there, uh, or you'll just end up kind of feeling b better, because you'll, you'll read some encouraging things. So I try to expose myself to it every day, because it is very easy to get away from it after a while, because the numbers all, you would know, you went from in one month, <laughs> understanding 10,000 subscribers and understanding a million subscribers. Right. And that took us years mm -hmm. to get through. So when you got to a thousand, by the time we got to a thousand subscribers, we had put so much work into it. They were like, thank goodness we're here. Yeah. And it's such a amazing story that you, you kind of got that perfect storm, as you said earlier, it was just all of these things aligned to everybody was looking for what you were, what you were offering. Yeah, it's interesting, because I had people, you know, Dad, how do I, uh, <laughs> how do I go viral on YouTube, you know, and lots of people and, and they were sincere, you know, what, what did you do? I didn't do anything. I, you know, I just, uh, I'm still trying to figure out what happened, you know? Um, and that's why the, you know, even the plaques, I think we confused YouTube, you know, confused everybody. It's like, uh, <laughs> well, I'm getting the plaque, the wrong plaque, you know, before I get the other one. So what, uh, what do you do to unwind and unplug from all of this? What, what do you do to not be the internet's dad and and responsible for everybody else what do you do for yourself <laughs> well I, so it's interesting because i actually wrote uh an article and trying to figure out what i need to do and i actually came because what was my take they said what was my take on this last year and then and i ended up making it into an into an acronym of take and i i said t i have to be true to myself um at because the end of the day i gotta live with myself you know if i sell out or whatever i gotta be true to myself you know, and then A is getting ahead of myself. I can't get ahead of myself because otherwise I, you know, I'm uh, like future, future trip like anybody else, you know, oh, what's this, what's coming next, you know? So 
Uh, sorry, I'm having a brain fade right now. I'm trying to think of all the different things, but the E was enjoy the ride. I'm trying to think of what the K was. Oh, uh, yeah, I got to uh, be kind to myself too. I got to be kind to myself. And I, so I have my alone time in the morning, my devotional, and I, I, I have to remind myself to, to um, you know, I need, I don't need to reach for my phone when I first wake up. I wake up and I spend my alone time and kind of it gives me a good perspective on my my day and so i think that's kind of the main thing is those those four keys have really helped to keep me um sane <laughs> so that i you know i don't go running after things that um that i shouldn't and are, that are time consumers that's great advice for anybody don't don't pick up your phone first thing in the morning really we could all do with a little bit more of that that's it's so true yeah when you when you make a video do you have like a person in mind are you talking to do you have an image of the, the ideal dad how do i viewer uh honestly from the get-go i tried to do it like i was talking to my own kids and so that's kind of how what i kind of picture is i'm trying to break it down um because you know i tried to include my kids in everything you know building the fence everything trying to right from the get-go tried to include them and it's easier to do it on my own, but sometimes, you know, just kind of mapping it out saying, okay, this is what we're doing. This is, we need to get here. Where do we start? And we try to start, you know, without you assuming, you know, how to do certain things. And so then we kind of build and then there you go. And I think that's a, a good way. If you're going in to build a fence, you don't just, okay, you know, give me a board, you know, instead it's like, okay, we're, this is what we're going to do. And you take the 10 minutes at the beginning before you actually do it saves a lot of time and helps them get their head around what the ultimate goal is we're trying to build a fence and so we're going to put these rails up we're going to put the, the cedar boards on you know and we'll put the, you know anyway i think it's just that's how i picture it i picture it like i'm trying to break it down so that somebody else can do it because we all know the guy that knows a lot but he comes and okay well you just oh, you do this and you do that and do this. okay you know, it's like, well, that made you look amazing, but it's not right. me at all. I don't right. know what to do now, you know? Yeah, there's a real skill in teaching something. You know, you can you could be very knowledgeable in, in something, but to be able to teach it is a whole, whole other thing. Yeah. Do you have any advice for anybody who might be listening uh, who's going to become a dad for the first time? Well, uh I actually came up with this idea that I think it'd be important to write a mission statement. Um, you know, we do that for um, a business, you know, when you start a business, you go, okay, what do I see this? Where do I see this going? And I think anybody that's been a dad, you know, when you have that baby, um, when I had my daughter um, at one o'clock in the morning after a long day of labor, uh, standing there promising her the world, you know, I'm going to be this and I'm going to do that. And, uh, you know, um, and I think, you know, uh, the busyness of life and the stress of life gets in the way and maybe you get off track. Might be some, you know, a, a nice thing to refer back to go, what did I promise her back then, you know, or what did I promise him uh, to help keep you on track? Because I think it's, you know, it's pretty easy to get off track and you get busy and you get stuck in traffic and you have a bad day and you, ah, I don't have time for you uh, today, maybe tomorrow. And next thing you know, it's a year later and you've lost touch with your kid. I think it's important to, you know, keep that in, in the forefront of your mind. You don't want to become cats in the cradle. Absolutely. You want to become that dad. <laughs> and you teach me to throw, not today. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, before we finish off, uh, we would uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask for at least one dad joke, okay. and I have a couple that I wanted to contribute to the to the conversation as well. Okay, so really, it, it's you wanted to share your dad jokes, or uh, this is <laughs> okay. So you've been on the podcast for less than an hour, and you've already figured me out. So I'll just start with my three favorite dad jokes. Okay. How does the moon cut its hair? I know that one. Do you want me to ruin it for you? Go ahead. Eclipse it. Ah, so good, right? <laughs> that is a good one. I used to play piano by ear. Now I use my hands. I like that one because it's kind of like a Stephen Wright one-liner. Yeah, yeah, that's a Stephen Wright joke. Uh, and I, I, yes, and to follow that through the same kind of delivery, I made a pencil with two erasers. It was pointless. I've heard. I love that. I love a simple dad joke. They're safe, and I find them funnier as I get older. And I don't know why that is. I didn't realize until just now how much overlap there is with Stephen Wright's jokes and dad jokes. And dad jokes. <laughs> the, the pencil one. Yeah. It sounds like a Stephen Wright joke. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, you've, maybe you've heard this too. So uh, an antenna and a satellite got married. Have you heard this? No. An antenna and a satellite got married. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god. So see, we could go on like this for hours. But see, I never remember. I can never remember any of these jokes. So I have to come up with on the fly. I got two more for you. So, so my okay. my son said he didn't understand cloning. I told him that makes two of us. <laughs> that one's good that one has multiple layers to it actually that, i like that yeah one. those are probably my two favorite um and then the other one's a knock knock joke that i always did with my kids but and maybe you've heard this i don't know so knock knock who's there interrupting cow <laughs> interrupting <Move>. cow <laughs> i knew i did know that one <laughs> Oh my God! That's but you have to go along with it. <laughs> you do. You do. You gotta play. You gotta play along with that. Yeah. Wow. Can Can I ask what's next for Dad? How do I? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to do the best I <laughs> best I can. I, you know, uh, want to help support the book because, like I told you about Morrow, honestly, I, I feel like I owe it to him to do my best to, you know to make sure I help promote the book. Um, even though, I mean, for selfish reasons, obviously I want it to do well, but I also feel like he took a chance on me. And so I want to make sure. And so we're trying to put some thought into that. Like I said, maybe doing a road trip where we sign books or something just to kind of make it fun for us too. Um, so yeah. And I still plan on like making content as long as, uh, it makes sense. And then with the TV show, we'll see, see what happens. Just trying to like you said, I hate to use the term brand, and I think you were very um, cautious to use that brand, that name too, because it wasn't planned. You know, I didn't um, set out to do a dad how I do I brand, um, but I do. There is something important about that to not all of a sudden, what is he doing? <laughs> you know, he's got. Uh, thankfully, I've had some leeway. You know, reading a children's book, and you know, I'm kind of all over the place. I've kind of opened the door where I can do dad chats. I can do. All kinds of different things so i think there's a pretty broad path that i that i have kind of created which is i'm thankful for because then i'm not pigeonholed into oh, i got to do another bathroom video you know well i know it's been a whirlwind year for you i that i think few of us can imagine and i really want to 
wish you all the best and thank you for taking the time to be with us on our podcast. We really appreciate that. Yeah, you bet. You guys have been great. I really appreciate it. I thought your questions were very thoughtful. Um, so yeah, I've, I've enjoyed being on your show. And if you're listening to this show and you'd like to get some dad advice from Rob, check out Dad, How Do I on YouTube and read his book, of course, titled Dad, How Do I? And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of Chad and Steve Have a Podcast, we'd sure appreciate if you'd spread the word and help people find our show. Hey, one way to do this is to leave us a review. And there's a new place where you can leave reviews that I've been hearing about. It's called Podchaser. Chad, this is the one I was I was telling you about. It's like Oh, that's right. So it sounds like it's better than Apple. You know, Apple makes everything so difficult. And it's so this is a lot easier to leave a review. They're trying to position themselves as like the IMDB of podcasts. So if you want, you could be the first person to leave us a review over there. We'd really appreciate this. Thanks for listening, everybody.